Hi, I'm Coach Nikki, and welcome to the Business 101 Show podcast. This is where we cut up the show, we remove the songs out of it, but we leave everything else in so you can still have the radio type experience. I hope you enjoy. The following business program is general in nature and designed as entertainment. It should not be considered advice. You should seek your own independent legal and financial advice before making any decisions about what's right for you. Coach Nikki is a business coach, and any recommendations made during the show should be considered as points of reference only. You are responsible for yourself and your decisions. 101FM Management wish to advise that the opinions and comments stated on this program are not to be considered as endorsed by Radio Logan Incorporated. Business owners, you have arrived at your new home for business on the FM dial. Introducing Coach Nikki! It's Monday night and you know what that means. It's time for the Business 101 Show, proudly sponsored by CoachNikki.com. In five... Four, four, three, three, two, two, one. Here's your host, Coach Nikki. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Business 101 Show. I am Coach Nikki, and tonight I'm joined by not only Mel West. G'day, Mel. G'day, mate. How you going? Welcome to the Business 101 Show. Yeah, thank you. But I'm also joined this evening by Simon Holt, the founder and editor of My City Logan. Look, it's a very special edition of the Business 101 show tonight because just after the first break, we're going to be uh, having an in-depth discussion with you, Simon, about especially the media code and all the talk that's going on at the moment and also what it's like to actually own and operate Logan's only weekly circular newspaper. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our chat later on, so thank you for yeah, being no, here. Be it's going to be awesome. Now, Simon is a heavy hitter in the world of media uh, and he believed so much in it that he actually left a really cushy job to set up the newspaper. So I'm really impressed with uh, your courage and I'm, I really look forward to having a chat with you about it a little bit later on. Now, last week's show was based around conscious leadership. How did you go with that concept? How is how did you go on the pursuit of the conscious part of your leadership? Did you try it? Are you living it? Are you doing it? Mel, how did you go this week? Uh, it's been a, a busy week. It been has. a challenging week. Okay. But, uh, Were you we're conscious in your leadership decisions this week? Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether I was conscious, uh, but certainly um, balanced and, and, and looking at, at both sides of everything. My aim is to test, uh, not to test you all, to stimulate you all just to think about things you may not normally have. So hopefully it's planted the seed and you were thinking more about your leadership style this week. I actually did in my business this week and I felt like I was more present after last week's show. So the, the things that I talk about, I also use myself. So it's been a good week for me. Now, remember, just like the show before where we highlighted that trust is the new currency, we are also needed as the conscious leaders of our circle. So it's very important that uh, we pay attention to that, especially as leaders in our organisation. Now, I'm really keen to get to Simon's interview, so Mel, let's get into the business notice board. There was supposed to be a really cool music jingle in here. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Look, a reminder that A Night with Joel Hall is on this Wednesday, the 24th of February at the Greenbank RSL at 6pm. It's up on the rooftop bar. So if, if you want to hear from a branding uh, legend and a content creator, Joel Hall is the man to go and have a listen to. I'm going to be there. So rooftop bar at the Greenbank RSL, 6pm this Wednesday. Go to trybooking.com slash bully. That's B-O-U-L-Y. Or you can always go to our Facebook post on our page and the link is right 
there. All right, my favourite part. Now, it's not every day I get to sit with a newspaper editor next to me. We play Word of the Week. And I'm going to put Simon Holt right on the spot tag, here. Tag, Simon. You're it. <laughs> so every week we have a words of the week. And I'm going to leave you with the last one. I'll give you the answer back in the break. But we've got three. Let's see how you go here, Simon. Right. What yeah. have I got to say? Nothing. Just tell me what the words mean. So the first word for this evening is heuristic. It's an adjective. Heuristic. Yeah. Do you know what that heuristic. means? Heuristic. No, I've, I've, I've bypassed that one. Through. Okay. Mel? I've got no idea. Okay, heuristic. <laughs> of or relating to experimentation or problem solving that uses trial and error methods or rules of thumb. I still don't understand. So I would say it's like heuristic is basically the way a lot of us run our businesses. It's by trial and error. It's finding things that work and things that don't. Mm, so mm-hmm. heuristic, that's a good word. It is a good word. Uh, the reason why we do this, Simon, is because I feel that as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm getting dumber in my vocabulary. So you may not suffer from that because you're an editor, but me, this is why we play this game every I'm, week to I'm try and often, expand. often referring to the uh, thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> thesaurus, good. All right, here's the next one. The game is to make me look silly. No, not at all. No, I, think, I think it's the guest. Not <laughs> at all. How did you go? That, here's, the, here's the wordsmith. I'll do. How did you go at home or in the office? Here's the next one. Animad version, animad version. I should be like the uh, the spell it kids and ask you to spell it and give me. <laughs> it's not going to help, is it? <laughs> Three, Three different pronunciations. <laughs> My boss's frequent animad versions have led to high staff turnover. Behaviour. Yeah, it's like that. It's a critical, censorous remark or comment. Well, that's easy when you put it in a sentence for us. Oh, you want me to do it that way? Okay, well. we can do it that way. No problem. And the third one, ladies. You may know more about this than the men. Tocophobia. Could I just say that the ladies know about most things more than the men? <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> Tocophobia. It's a noun. And we're going to tell you what that means right after this. There's more Business 101 show to go. Coach Nicky will be right back after this. We're right in the middle of the Business 101 show. Coach Nicky and special guest in studio, Simon Holt from My City Logan, a weekly local newspaper in and around Logan City. It's nice to have you in studio, Simon. Now, before we get to you, it would be remiss of me if we didn't. We had a phone call during the break to answer this question. The word of the week, tocophobia. It's a noun. It's the fear of childbirth. Tocophobia. There you go. Somebody got it. So That's yeah. right. And we did have a phone call. Thank you for calling up. <laughs> Simon, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's not every day you get to sit down with an editor of a newspaper and one you actually like reading. There's not many, like, not many newspapers left anymore. <laughs> no, that's kind of, of, of where it's at. I was going to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of the excitement for me to have a chat with you tonight is not only to um, understand a bit about the code and what it means for your business and your newspaper, but also to really get some backstory to who you are as the editor and founder of Logan City's only weekly circular newspaper. I think Mm. that's a really cool story. So I might start with uh, this whole media code, you know, Mm. the, the, the treasurer is blowing up. Facebook have unfriended us, but Google said they'd pay. Like I don't, I've been watching it. And I go, well, so does it just mean that the government wants people to pay for news that gets spread around the social media platforms, and they're trying to work out a way that media companies get money paid to them? Mm. But how does someone like you end up getting money? Because you, you're digital and print as well. Am I right in mm, that? That's right. So how would you end up getting paid under a code? And it what does it mean? Like, well, well in short to your question, I don't know how I would get paid. But what I can say is That's a bit is of a worry if you're the owner <laughs> and you don't know either. Well, it is a little bit. But I think, it, I think what it is is it, it's basically tailored to um, make sure that curated news or, or professional journalism is retained or kept alive because if there's no way to fund 
a model that supports journalism, then we we don't move forward. So, yeah. um, and, and that becomes a slide on democracy. So I think what it is is they're trying to protect democracy in in in, in short. So uh, they're reaching out to the big conglomerates now, and the conglomerates aren't News Corporation and Fairfax anymore. The conglomerates are Google and Facebook. So they're saying, well, you guys are using all this research and news and, and journalism that's been created so this content that's been created over the they're using that to gain their audience to develop their business case mm-hmm. uh, so if they're not contributing to that content then how is that fair so i think that's where the government's coming from um it uh, our business model is a little bit different and it, it's probably interesting having a look over the years at how the business model has evolved in, in terms of how we create news and how we bring that to an audience. In well, the it's, it's journos writing or going out and uncovering stories, isn't it? And then right. broadcasting or publishing mm. and then people paying their dollar or two dollars to get the paper across. That's the old model. Well, right? That's, that, that's right. In the 80s and 90s, they called it the rivers of gold. It was when classifieds were paying for newspapers. Mm. Every, everybody advertised in a classified section. It was, it was the way. Then Craigslist came along. You remember Craigslist? Yep. And then... That's come and gone. You know, Gumtree came along and that's still there. Uh, So these things have taken over classifieds, which took that revenue stream away from newspapers. So people relied less on your traditional newspaper to um, to, to get their content so or, or to reach out to a plumber or to there are still a lot of people doing it and we're finding that with our newspaper that people are still reliant on that print edition but uh, less so now because there is that digital avenue so uh, there's so something that, so lovely about holding something in your hands when you read it I mean I'm, I'm a digital mm. subscriber to the Australian mm. but I'll get the weekend Australian delivered because I just like having the coffee and flicking through the pages. That's why I love your paper because I like picking it up and having a nose through it. I mean, is is it is that an age thing or is that just people essentially are tactile? What do you think uh, it is? I, I think the research would indicate that it is an age thing, although people tell me old? that it's not. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm in the same boat, but but people are telling me that it's not. Um, yep. People are saying, look, my kids read it and my kids found some really interesting stuff in it. and But they might, what the research is telling us Australia-wide at the moment and, and one of the universities has just conducted an Australia-wide survey and what they said was that people prefer a newspaper-like product now what that means is they don't necessarily want to pick up something that's hard copy what they want to do is flip through pages of a book which has been created professionally by a journalist so that means that the best news is at the front there's sections through the paper you can navigate your way through that paper without having to get caught in the labyrinth that is the internet and that confuses a lot of people because they don't Mm. know where to go so what you end up doing when you go to the internet is you look for stuff that you're a captive audience the entire time that you're on it. So so that becomes a little bit tricky. But the good thing about the internet, just to, I guess, play flip side, is that if you're looking for a plumber, key in plumber and you find your plumber. So you go exactly where you want to go. Yeah, but that, that's not necessarily the case mm. either because especially, mm. say, in the flower business, it's whoever's got the money to spend on keywords and they actually even camp on people's business names and local- if it's got a locality involved. Mm. So you could still be typing in plumber um, Yarrabilba Mm. And it may not be the plumber in Yarrabilba. Mm. So I think there's a lot of danger. In, in that's why I really like the idea. You've, uh, there's a, um, a trade section in my city, Logan, which I love the idea of that because then mm. you go, right, that's a person that's in the city in the locale. Yeah, we chose to reframe the classified section a little bit so that we gave all our trades what is you know, what I'd consider to be a real ad, something that 
mm-hmm. and it tells people who they are as opposed to three lines which says ring me I'm a plumber mm-hmm. um, I think to me that lifts the level of engagement with your readership and between the businesses and and the 10,000 people who are picking up the paper mm. so uh, so we thought we thought we'd do it a little bit differently and and I think Nikki the the, the beauty of modern day or what, what I call modern day journalism and if you're talking about a newspaper being modern day the way that we can think about things we, we can we can reinvent the wheel we can do things just a little bit differently to create learn from our experience with the internet to create a more engaging news product and I think that's probably where we're at with the printed product is we can we can learn a little bit and, and, and move on. The business case that I was talking about before, if I can just digress a little bit, is uh, is interesting because if Rupert Murdoch owns a conglomerate of newspapers and you look at the business case, what you do is you employ an editor or you employ a sales manager or you employ a bunch of people to do a job. And that job is to service a community. Now, as... Rupert Murdoch, you are hoping, and and I've been in this boat, I've been an editor of numerous community newspapers, and and Rupert Murdoch is hoping that I do my job and connect with my community. That's Mm -hmm. that's the business model. Mm -hmm. Whereas now what's happened, and News Corporation is in the last three months started up 28 different independent newspapers Australia-wide. So this is, we're not alone in this venture. There are a number of people around Australia doing exactly the same thing. And what they're finding is that because they're putting community newspapers back into the hands of families, they're connecting more with their communities. And that's a really exciting thing. So it's it's like yeah. a, yeah, you really talk a lot about being a, a strong part of the community. And I've read in a couple of editions now, the headline, we're on your side. Mm-hmm. I think it was in your first paper that I picked up. It's It's got a picture of you with, we're on your side. That seems like a pretty deliberate call to action or, or st- sorry, statement. Absolutely. That you're saying, well, this paper is here for you. And I think in our training, what we're taught is that there are a number of opinions within that community. So, yes, we're on your side, but by being on your side, we're representing a number of faces within the community, not just the, not just you and me. Um, we're representing 10,000, 100,000, 300,000 people. And that can be an exercise in itself. But what we really want is for people to own the product. It's the people's product. If they write to us and tell us what they think, we want to publish it. If they write to us and give us a tip-off on a story, we want to be able to research it and verify it and do the things that um, journalists do as professionals. That's something I really want to talk about, fake news. You touched on something really important. There's a lot of what people call news. I'm doing the inverted comma gesture as I say it. You know, this is not scratch and sniff TV, but it's like, you know, in, where's trust gone in all of this? And it really, that's really what a circular, a weekly circular with real journalism mm. uh, provides, isn't it? Journalism is, um, and, and I think that's where we're at. We're talking about the code today and the impact that the code's having on journalism or could have on journalism. Mm. And that's the reason for it. It's because journalism is not cheap. Journalism is about employing people to do a job who don't create revenue. Journalists don't create revenue. Not, right. not always. It's interesting. Yeah, that's the, an interesting the, point. The, you talk about, um, there's a, a phrase that, People talk about a lot in, in, in modern newspaper land, so the modern business case. And I know that um, a lot the, the digital news organisations, the organisations that have ditched their newspapers and gone digital, they're saying to people, they'll come up to you as a business and they'll say, look, I'm going to write a nice story about you. You pay me lots of money and I'll put it on our Facebook. So they're using Facebook as an avenue to tell your story 
for a price. Now that's uh, we used to call that advertorial, where you you cross between advertising and editorial, but they now call it this great new term, native advertising. Native native, native advertising native is about advertising. you paying for it. So uh, sounds if, crazy. If me as a journalist come to you and I say I'd like to write a story about you because it's of community interest, then that's okay. You don't have to pay for that. But if an ad rep comes up to you and says, I'm going to write a story about you, same story. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, interesting isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. it is interesting. <laughs> so, so how does business now, I mean, because bringing it back to the relevance to the business tribe, you go, so newspapers have a readership and they have a segmented audience. So I think if in a business's strategy for advertising, they should be, yes, we, we all talk about Facebook and Instagram and you know Google AdWords, but really don't forget the other mediums out there. Well, if you do, you're neglecting a demographic. Mm. And I think that's the demographic who goes out and casually looks through a newspaper. And that's not, an, that's not necessarily an age demographic. Research would tell us it probably is. It's probably an older demographic, probably over 40 but you are neglecting that audience. And this is where I think people think about advertising as being a medium. I need to advertise on Google. I need to advertise on digital. People talk a lot about advertising on digital. I don't know what that means, but people talk about it a lot. And to me, that's not the question you should be asking yourself. You shouldn't be asking yourself, which medium do I advertise on? Do I advertise on radio, TV, news, whatever? What you should be asking yourself is, where is my product sitting in this marketplace and who is my audience and how do I reach that audience? Then the answer will come to you. So it's, a, it's, it's just a slightly different way of going about things, but to me it's a lot more direct by doing it that way. You're actually thinking about your product, you're thinking about the connection that product makes with the audience and you're trying to find the right medium to do that. That might be print, that might be radio, that might be a whole heap of things. The answer is really in your thought process. That's exactly right. I mean, it's, mm. a, it's a first question you should really always ask yourself, isn't it? Like, where is my audience? Like, they always say that advertising is like fishing. Like, where are the fish? And what am I going to bait the hook with to catch the fish? That's Ter- right. Terrible analogy for fishing. I mean, <laughs> the fish out there. But it's the truth, right? Like, you got to know where you're fishing and where the fish are. I know that uh, as Flower Hub, we advertise in the, the My City Logan because I like newspapers. So it's interesting. I've driven it from my own personal viewpoint, which is mm. terrible. You should never do that. That's not go. a good enough reason either. No, no I know that. Not. You should and drive it from your customer. But I also mm. believe that if there's a product in the community, well, our product suits community purposes, people yeah. in the community. And that's why we choose as a, um, a product business, not a service, to advertise a newspaper. Yeah, good point. And, and, and that's kind of, I guess... Where newspapers, we can come from an emotional cell. We can say, look, we keep journalism alive. Mm. That's, what we've, that's what we're um, unashamedly saying to the readers. Mm. We're unashamedly saying to readers, you need to support your local newspaper because if you don't, your local newspaper will die. And that's real. Mm. What's not real is me going to a business and saying, if you don't pay for an ad in my product, then journalism will die. That's, that's, not, that's not a great way of selling. It still needs to be a distinct return on investment. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're doing by saying to the readers, you need to come to us because if you don't, yeah. journalism will die. Just a quick question, all right? I'm just sitting here listening and I'm, I'm learning a lot, which is which is really, really good. And it just clicked into my, into my brain. You know, over the, say, X number of years, we've seen local newspapers uh, start out in, in a grand fashion and then we've so slowly seen them just almost fade away to, to nothing and then disappear and they've gone digitally. Now, you mentioned a little bit earlier about um, 
it was a 28 or, or so newspapers coming back. I, I, I relate that because, you know, old radio man, mm. vinyl records. When I started in radio, uh, we used to play. All the music was, was records, right? And then vinyl went away. And now there's businesses that have come back and, and they've actually set up new printing presses and, and, and you can actually buy music back on vinyl records. Mm-hmm. So in, in, in that sort of a way, is that your newspaper? Is that what's happening with the newspapers? It, it, it was there, it, it went away, and now it started to come back again? Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced it, it really went away. I'm, I'm, I guess of the school that, and I, I spent five years as editor-in-chief of Brisbane Times, which was digital only, I feel a little bit like a hypocrite coming out and opening a newspaper. Here I was standing up in front of people saying, you know, digital, digital, digital. And, uh, yeah, but, but the whole thing can change in five years. But, but this is the thing, and and we did a very solid business case, or when I say solid, I, I mean very lengthy business case at the start of launching this product, and it told us that we couldn't possibly go to market, we couldn't feasibly go to market without a print product. That would it would not simply wouldn't have worked for us as a business to not go with a print product. Because the, for two reasons, one is because the audience wanted it, and two because the print is where the revenue sits and where people still are prepared to pay for that product. Can I ask a cheeky question? How much of the uh, the, the gap in the market was also part of that decision making? Because you seized on a gap, yeah. you seized on an opportunity. Because that really interests me from a business case point of view. So yeah. you've got the logic, you've done the numbers, you understand all that. But what percentage would you attribute to? There's an opportunity here. So this is absolutely, and, and, and this is where the business case has evolved. It, it started the rivers of gold in the 80s and 90s, 2000, everybody thought digital, so we'll, we'll try and transition to digital. But And I think, I, I mean, my personal opinion is that they got a little bit wrong. I thought they should have been backing their advertisers a bit more if they mm-hmm. if they go digital. That is, um, launch a shop at the back of your news site and, and, and give people free space and take a cut. I don't yep. clip the ticket, whatever you want, yep. but back yourself. Yep. And news organisations weren't willing to back themselves. But not a lot of people do. It's the same, it's the same reason why Inaflora declined. Mm. They weren't willing to back their members in the digital space, yet that opened the door for water gatherers to, to completely own that space. Correct. Of like the, mm. the virtual shopping mall, right? Mm. So it's funny, most, a, a lot of big organisations, they just, for some reason, they couldn't go that way. And I think that's just because they were so set in their ways, they couldn't adapt quick enough. That's right. We're so used to seeing this, you pay me money to do that model. Yeah. Rather than the let's work together to find a solution to your problem, and I'll back myself to help you out. Yeah. And I think I think that's where we're going with newspapers. And you're right, we did seize an opportunity. The the large corporations, in this case News Corp, chose to close 270 newspapers Australia wide. 270. Mm. That's huge. Mm. There are communities without news products at the moment. Mm. There are communities who are relying on town gossip to get their news feed. That is, that is that is that, and and that's really that that's really sad. So what we're doing is we're trying to rethink the business case. We're trying to present people with a viable option and, uh, and work with them. We've stripped back the layers. So we're, we're not a conglomerate. We don't have layers upon layers of management. If you want to talk to Rupert Murdoch, you've got to make a phone call to New York. You want to talk to me, you, you, you ring my mobile. Yeah. Um, very different way of working. And, and I'm invested in the community. If I, my relationships in the community, if, if they don't work, then my business case fails. I'm Cage Nicky and I'm joined tonight by Simon Holt, the editor and founder of My City Logan. Stick around when we come back. I'm going to ask Simon how his stint overseas and then nine months in Canberra possibly helped plant the seed 
to get here to Logan. Now, publishing is close to the, my guest that's joining us this evening, Simon. Hello again. Simon, I'm really interested, and of course, Simon is from MyC Logan, founder and editor. Really interested because you've got an amazingly interesting sort of journey for me when I look at um, your progression. Like, you've spent five years uh, in Thailand mm. for reporting for China Post. South China Morning Post. South China Morning Post. Mm. Uh, you've then been at the heart of the politics arena in Australia. You spent nine months as editor at Canberra Times. I was a uh, digital editor at Canberra Times. Uh, that was just after I'd spent uh, a few months wandering around the US and Europe looking at uh, digital business models. Right. Well, let's let's just start somewhere. Let's. I mean, I I see China Post. I go, wow, huge international. Uh, how does that fit in with the censorship that side? Like, take me through the evolution to get to y- y- where you decided I'm going to start my own newspaper. Wow, that's a. Uh, I know it's very broad. It's a, it's a thirty-year journey, and and, and but, wow. but but it's an exciting journey, and 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 one that I'm really appreciative of but um you said to me off air this is the most fun you've had in your media career right now yeah and that's and it's it, I, I suppose it's crazy to say that because you get you go back and you look at yourself as a 21 year old and you you've got a backpack in the corner of the room and mm. and you're waiting for the editor's phone call to tell you which country you're going to today you know that was that, it seriously that, like that? that that was exciting stuff wow. that sounds exciting and 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 gets the adrenaline pumping every day and that mm. was a lot of fun yes it was but I did go through, I guess, a career of editing community newspapers, and 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 that's where my heart really was was at. Because well, you spent seven years at Quest. I spent seven years at Quest. I spent yeah. seven years at Cumberland and Sydney. Um, and, and and every community is different. Every community has its own quirks, its own direction, its own players, its own people, and 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 that's what's fascinating about building a newspaper. Because if you don't connect with that community. Um, you don't work as a newspaper, so 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 it's kind of I guess being able to sit back and assess what's important. Do you and think you've got such a community focus because you went to USQ and Cairns? I mean, it's probably the most USQ Toowoomba. Oh, Toowoomba, sorry, but yeah, you yeah. you studied in Cairns though, didn't you? I did, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, it's a yeah, university yeah. in Cairns. Like Cairns is the most relaxed place on the planet. Yeah, yeah. Where did you get this sense of you? You've talked a lot about today. Community. Reminds me a little bit like Cairns. They're thirty six degrees outside. <laughs> <laughs> It was a warm one today. How did you get that community feel? Is that at the core of journalism? There's nothing. We say this a lot to young journalists when, you know, if if you're lecturing at university and you're talking to young journalists, you Mm. you, you say this a lot and you say it, it is not a right for people to be able to tell you what is really important to them and what is at the bottom of their hearts. You will have quite often people telling you their life story and people... Uh, sitting there trusting you and and trusting your ability to be able to tell their story and why why do they want to tell their story they want to tell their story because it makes a difference so that's where you as a journalist can come in and say well i am the conduit to be able to make this difference and that's where i guess the beauty of being a journalist and what a lot of kids grow up you know when i grow up i want to be i want to be this when I grow up, I want to change the world. When I grow up, I want... And, and, and we always thought, or I always thought as a kid growing up through school that I could do that. I could make that difference. What I learned along the way was that the impact that you probably pictured yourself making was never going to be as big as what you would make. But you can focus. And communities allow you to do that. Communities, you can sit down and you can talk to people and people will trust you. 
But that's a big responsibility comes with that. The responsibility of accepting someone's trust and saying, okay, it, 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 it's okay, you can trust me. And if I do wrong by you, then it falls back on me. So, so taking, that, taking that responsibility. Trust, the currency of 2021. But so that was the first show we did this year because I believe now more than ever, trust is the most important thing for a business to be projecting and to really mm-hmm. as, a, as its core uh, principle. But even so, uh, in journalism, because journalism is about trust, isn't it? You know, you talk about fake news. Where are we going to? Who do we trust with, to believe? That becomes harder and harder every day. Even when I look at some of our taxpayer-funded media outlets, when I look at what's reported and how it's reported, and I question it sometimes, and I go, "Can I trust that 100 percent?" Trust is a fickle thing, right? Well, it is. How do you, you achieve that? It constantly? is when you've got ten different opinions in front of you, and none of them are wrong. Mm, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Fact well, versus necessarily, Ooh, but, that's, that's but, a whole but, other hour. <laughs> but you know, and, and, and this is where this is where I guess our profession is so important, and and why we need to be able to find a way to move forward with it. And uh, is journalism important for you as you sit at home and in the office? Do you think about the journalist that actually wrote that piece? You might like to read, you know, Corporate Traveller. You might like to read. The Finn Review or the Australian or the My City Logan. Well, how often have you? Exactly. How often have you sat at home and tr- run through Facebook and asked yourself, "This person has told me something." Whoever that person is, it doesn't matter who they are, no. but this person mm. has told me something. How often have you asked yourself, "Has that person verified that information?" Yeah, no, it's impossible, isn't it? I mean, well, my, you, yeah. you you do, but there are a whole heap of people who don't. Yeah, and 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 that's the problem. With where we're at with Facebook. They think but that it's because it's there mm. and someone's posted it, it's true. So if I read a news, so reading your newspaper, mm. everything that's in there, that's fact-checked. It's verified. It, it's, and and there's, there's a really slight difference. You can't physically fact check everything what you can do is verify everything i think that's actually what i meant so yeah, fact no, check no, came no, out of my mouth no, but i think no, is no, it verified good, news yeah it's a good point because fact checking is that extra step and we try to do that wherever we can too um, but i think it's about trusting the source and making sure that we uh, give an objective view so if there's a mm. if somebody's having a swing at somebody else then we allow the right of reply so that that's really important part of journalism and, and a very basic part of journalism how do you deal with uh, haters that attack you when you have faith to state something that you believe is truth and then people are still going to come at you like you publish a newspaper that you own do you ever get nervous publishing something if it's slightly controversial? I know if I'm commenting on something that is opposite to what that group's talking about, I actually have this fear. I have this, mm, do I really want to say it? Could I be bothered with the people hitting me up? Mm. How do you deal with that as a, as a mm. journalist and as an editor? Do you have those feelings or not? Or is it just because I'm a consumer and I'm not in the space? Yeah, you do. Um, I think as a community newspaper, we're in a position to carry a fairly conservative line when it comes to... The controversy, if you like. I mean, we... we Do you dial we, it down deliberately? No. Um, but what we do is we make sure that... Uh, I I remember having to talk... To, if, if I can, I guess, draw an analogy. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to talk to the guys who set up AFL.com. And mm-hmm. AFL.com is owned by the AFL. 
And uh, the journalists there, they had, they had a team of journalists, and there was a controversial story about one of the guys in Western Australia who had taken drugs and one of the, and there was a death. And it, they held off publishing that story. They let all the net, national metropolitan newspapers publish that story. And what they then did was they said, they said to themselves, how would our community relate to this story? Because our community is a community of interest. So how would our community relate to that story? And they told it very differently. They told it with empathy and they told it with compassion. And I think that's the beauty of community newspapers is that we're able to take that step back and we're able to say, how is this important to our community? And how can we tell that story? It's all about storytelling. So how can we tell that story in a way that predicts the empathy that it deserves, um, but also the compassion it deserves? And, and I think that's a really important distinction between a community newspaper and a metropolitan newspaper or the ABC or somebody who might take it that step further and tread a really thin line between what is defamatory and what is not defamatory. We don't necessarily need to go there because we're thinking about our community and how we relate to our community. It's, it's, yeah, it's, so, it's so interesting. And my business brain goes, it sounds like you're thinking about what is th- how does it serve the readership, which is what we talk about, what's in it for me, mm. on the business case quite a lot. You know, you've got to think about how you're pitching it. So it's the same as the positioning of the story, not the story itself, but it's how it's positioned and, and the sensitivity around it. Sure. That's really interesting. Hang around, folks. When we come back, we're going to finish up with Simon and get to that point of how do you actually have the guts to then go and start your own newspaper? There's more Business 101 show to go. Don't, don't touch that dial. Coach Nikki will be right back after this. Now, just a quick thanks to Joel uh, chipping in on Facebook. I just want to clarify something. When I said My City Logan is our only weekly circular, it's, from my point of view, it's the only... Uh, circular that serves the entire city of Logan City. Of course, Matt McLennan's Jimboomba Times services Logan City on that side and scale, and that's been around for a very long time. So my apologies if I've said upset anyone there, but that's what I meant when I said it's the only one that covers, I feel like it's the only true regional one that's taking on like the big masthead. So that's what I meant by that comment. But thank you, Joel, for uh, bringing that up on Facebook. Now, Simon, we're talking about how do you get the courage to then go and back yourself and set up a newspaper? How do you make that leap? Yeah, I think... Um it's a tricky question, but I think I wouldn't have forgiven myself if I hadn't given it a go. Um, you, there are people in this industry who are experienced, and I, I, I suppose you know, there are a number of people around who are very good at what they do, and, and, and a number of them have gone in and decided that they're going to start up newspapers in their own area. And um, uh, We work very closely together. We talk a lot about our products and we talk about how we're going to manage things. We, we share experiences which are different across, you know, we all have different little pockets of expertise, so we help each other that way. I think um, independent journalism was a way forward and, uh, and I, I needed to, I just, I, I needed to prove to myself that it was the right thing to do. And, and, and well, you had the track it, record, right? You'd done publishing mm. at the Bangkok um, mm. posting You'd be an editor of, uh, what I'd say, gazillion mastheads, both digital and print. Probably about 20, yeah. Yeah, there you go. And Brisbane Times, everybody knows the Brisbane Times, uh, and that was the, that was huge. So it's like, well, you've had the the, the train, not, not even training, you've had the experience, yeah. and they thought, I'm going to back myself and have a crack. That's right. And you're doing it, you're living it every day. And, so and loving it. And loving it, it and you're yeah. having the most fun you've ever had. So yeah. how important is that? You're really connecting with your why. 
And that's so important when you're in business. If you can live that way every day. Now, you can't see Simon. He's actually got his foot bandaged because he sprained his ankle delivering um, the papers this morning, trying to jump a rock into one of the places to put the papers. So you're certainly suffering for your art as well, which they say is a true sign of a creative. So isn't that... It's amazing, isn't it? And we should thank Simon for coming in. But hopefully you get a better sense of um, who the editor and founder is of My City Logan. You'll see it around at a lot of uh, branded newsstands now and a lot of the shopping centres. Yeah, we've got about 300 distribution points, but there are probably about 50 key ones. And uh, so, yeah, look out for the brand. And uh, we, we... you know, we we see ourselves as stepping into the shoes of the Albert and Logan News, I guess, which is what people are familiar with. And yep. um, so we've we've bought their old stands, and that's where we're we're sort of at. So look out for them and, and look out for the brand. Okay, and uh, that is our special guest, Simon Holt from My City Logan. Catch you, Nikki. That's it for us for this week. It flies so quickly. You've been listening to the Business One on One Show podcast, as heard on Logan City's One on One FM on Monday nights. If you have a question on business, or maybe you would like to be a guest on our show, send us an email to business at 101fm.org.au. You can also find out more from my website, coachnicky.com. That's coach, N-I-C-K-I dot com. Thanks for listening. That, that, that was the Business 101 Show with your host, Coach Nicky. Logan 101's very own Mal West. For podcasts and resources, visit our sponsor, CoachNicky.com. Remember what Nicky always says. Version 1 is better than version 9.